Welcome to the Beyond Affairs podcast. We are Affair Recovery Specialists, Anne and Brian Birched. For the past 20 plus years, we have dedicated our lives to helping couples and individuals just like you heal from marital betrayal. In addition to private intensives, we run weekend intensive experiences for groups, including Healing from Affairs, Take Your Life Back, and Man of Honor. We're also the authors of the book, My Husband's Affair Became the Best Thing That Ever Happened to Me. While we're Christians and all our materials are biblically based, you'll feel comfortable and get help no matter what you believe. Our website is beyondaffairs.com. And now, here's your host, Anne Birched. Okay, in our first podcast, I began to tell you my story and you got what happened when I first found out about Brian's affair and the trauma that ensued, the crazy making that went on and and the ultimatum that ultimately I had to share with him and deliver to him so that he would end his affair with the other woman. Now, the second half of my story, there's so much to it really, but we're going to talk about how we then got through all of that, what did we do to heal our marriage? One of the things we did back then to try to heal our marriage was we went to our church and we asked for help. Well, our church, um, God bless them, sent us to a marriage course for regular married people, which I can assure you that any couple that is dealing with a fair recovery does not belong in a regular marriage course for regular married people. And it's actually kind of insulting that the assumption is that the affair happened because something's missing in the marriage and there's just marriage problems and that if we just fix the marriage problems that everything is going to be okay. Um, An affair is its own thing and it deserves to be treated as such. Um, And I remember sitting in that course next to a woman who was complaining that her husband was watching too much TV and my husband thinks he's in love with somebody else or at least I perceived that my husband thought he was in love with somebody else. He really wasn't in love with somebody else and probably your husband isn't in love with somebody else either uh, if you're going through this. Um, And you know, I could say the same for the men who are betrayed. It might not be what your wife is going through, but I remember this, you know, I felt like shouting at that woman, shut up, lady, you don't even have a problem, to the woman who was upset about her husband watching too much TV. But the good thing about that is that my disclosure day, D-Day as we like to call it, was in May. And this course started in September So during the ensuing months of the summer, I kind of put all of my eggs in the basket of the hope of this healing at this marriage course, and it caused us to distance ourselves a little bit from the initial trauma because the first three months was really a period of trauma and shock and crazy making, and you just need to get through that somehow. Um, and, and I really can't emphasize enough if you can find good help and we are 
we, we, that's what we do. We help couples now. And I will get to that a little bit later. Um, the next three months then, in that course didn't work, but we began to work on our marriage. And I had a thousand and one questions about Brian's affair. And this is an area where a lot of people get stuck is like, do you really need to know all the answers to different things? Well, what we've discovered is the betrayed spouse needs to have the keys to the bus, so to speak, on the affair recovery journey. Um, Some betrayed spouses need to know all the details of the affair and some don't. But the person who needs to determine that is the betrayed spouse. And I was one of the ones that needed to know. And you might ask, well, why do you need to know? Well, trust has been broken. So when the unfaithful spouse says that they're sorry and that they'll never do it again, on what basis can the betrayed spouse really trust that that is true? And so many times unfaithful spouses speak those things and they are nothing more than words and they don't put any action behind it. In fact, they might even really mean those words, but unless they get good health and they start digging deep at the roots of why they really did what they did, inevitably it will happen again. There is a saying, once a cheater, always a cheater. And statistically, I hate to say, but that tends to bear out, but not with our clients. The reason why it bears out is because they tend to not look at the real reason for the affair. And I will tell you one thing that I have found is that the, this is the elephant in the room. The affair is about the person having the affair not the person who did not have the affair. So, you know, I always think about one woman that I worked with. She'd been married for 30 years. Her husband was in the military, and he had a bit of a pattern. Every five years of their marriage, he had another affair. And every five years of their marriage, they went for therapy to discover why he had an affair. And five years into the marriage, they discovered that he had an affair because that she was paying too much attention to their kids and not enough attention to him. So she started paying more attention to him. Well, 10 years into the marriage, when he had another affair, through their therapy, it was discovered that he had an affair because they weren't having enough recreational companionship together. So she took up a golf and started playing golf with him. Well, 15 years into the marriage, that when they went for therapy, they discovered that he had an affair because she didn't keep a clean enough house, and that was really important to him. So she started keeping the house cleaner than before. And 20 years into their marriage, when he had another affair, then they went for therapy and discovered that he had an affair because she wasn't adventurous enough sexually in the bedroom. And so they went to some sex stores and did some things that were even out of her comfort zone, anything to save the marriage because that's the right thing to do. At what point are we going to look at the person having the affair instead of the person not having the affair for perhaps the reasons for the affair? It seems very obvious to me. And so... Back to questions and understanding and rebuilding trust. It's like I need a window into the affair in order to see what happened. The person who acted unfaithfully was there. They know what happened in the affair. They know the ramifications of it. They know the reasons why they did what they did. And they know how sincere and meaningful they mean it when they say, 
that they're never going to do it again. But the person who's been betrayed can't know any of that unless the unfaithful person gives them a window into it so that they can draw their own conclusions about this. Now, to every betrayed person, I would say, be careful about this. And one of the sayings that we have in this work is that slow is fast when it comes to healing from an affair. And if you ask detailed questions about the affair, then because you want honesty and truthfulness in your relationship, it would be up to the other person to tell you. But you also have a responsibility to heal from that information. So my recommendation to you is that you play out the worst case scenario in your head. What possibly could be the truthful answer to that question? Because you need to, in a sense, reward your spouse for being truthful. Because it's human nature to repeat a behavior that brings you pleasure and it's human nature to avoid a behavior that brings you pain. So if you punish your spouse for being truthful, you're training them to lie to you. And so play out the worst case scenario and ask yourself, what if that is the truthful answer? Can One, can you recover from that? You know, two, uh, can it, you know, how is that going to help you heal? And if you have any uncertainty about this at all, then just don't ask yet. Don't be impatient in the process because once you know information, you are responsible to heal from the information that you know because it's a battle in your mind and no one else can get in your head and do it for you. Now to the unfaithful spouse, I will give you this word of wisdom and this will be worth lots and lots of money to you. This this will be worth everything in your life. Tell the truth. You have got to tell the truth. Because if you are lying, it is going to catch up with you and it's one of the biggest mistakes that unfaithful spouses make and then it becomes almost impossible to heal your marriage, heal your family, because how can someone trust you when you're still lying and you claim to be telling the truth? And if you're scared to death and if you don't know how to tell that truth because you definitely want to speak the truth in love, then reach out to us and we will help you. But you've got to tell the truth. So while the first three months after discovery of Brian's affair was for us a time of craziness and trauma and our once role model family uh, had the most dysfunctional things happening, the second three months after around September, we began to do something valuable, which was we began to face the affair issues head on. Now, it was a lot more tumultuous for us than it needs to be for you because you could contact us and get our help if you're going through this. Uh, My husband always says that he's jealous of our clients because it's so much easier for them than it was for us. But even though we didn't now have the tools to do it really well, what we were doing right and what was super healthy is that we weren't avoiding it. We weren't shoving it under the rug. We were facing it head on. Um, We did do some counseling. 
uh, mostly individual counseling. Couples counseling did not work for us. And um, there are luckily some great counselors out there, but there's a whole lot of not great counselors out there as well. Um, we did some intensive seminars. There was nothing like what we do today that is focused strictly on couples healing from affairs. We did some personal growth seminars, but still they were valuable. If you have a teachable attitude, um, that is a very important part of it. And uh, it's a roller coaster. You need to know that. It tends to be a four steps forward, two steps back journey, and it was no different for us. I also found that problems come in multiples, and that was no different than it was for us. I mean, we had all kinds of things that were going on. Most significantly, we had some pretty significant problems that happened with our teenagers at the same time as the affair recovery. And so it's just like, man, if I was only dealing with the affair, but I'm dealing with this stuff too. And it, life just felt like I was, you know, the person in one of those movies where the bad guys just keep jumping out from everywhere. And, uh, I just want to encourage you if you're going through this that no matter how dark it seems, you can and you will make it through this. Uh, we communicated with letters back then and that is a really valuable thing uh, to do because sometimes the emotions are so heightened. And I learned that um, one of the things that I did wrong because betrayed spouses do things wrong too. Um, we have a saying in the work that we do because when I, you know, when we were healed and we began to do this work with couples, I really had idealistic views that every couple we worked with was going to make it. Well, we do have a really high success rate, but we don't have a hundred percent success rate for sure. And you know, the bottom line of it is that not every unfaithful spouse is willing to stop their unfaithful behavior and grow and learn and become a better person. And it's really, I mean, you get to decide what you're going to do about your marriage if you're in that situation, but it's not good to be in a relationship with somebody who continues to hurt you. Um, so we have a saying in our work that not every unfaithful spouse is a Brian, not meaning to put my husband on a pedestal that he maybe doesn't belong on, but I'm with him today because he chose to do the work, and I could never have done it for him. One of the learning moments that I had was really after we had healed and after we had decided to write a book about our story. And I had a vision for that book more so to be a prevent affairs book than a heal from affairs book. I thought people would read the book because it was an inspiring true story and that maybe they were a little voyeuristic. It's interesting to hear about somebody else's affair and that through the book, the lessons would be in there and they would learn how to make sure that an affair never happens in their marriage. And so because we had been to marriage retreats, because we had read marriage books, because we had good mentors in our lives and, and because we had high moral standards, it was like the question I kept asking my husband while I was writing our book is, what could somebody have told you? What could you have learned? What was missing from the information that we had that would have helped to prevent you from having an affair? Well, one thing I can tell you about my husband is he is very wise and super insightful and discerning. 
And so he said to me, Anne, I would love to give you the answer that I know that you want to hear. You want me to tell you that if I had known how painful the affair was going to be for you, that I would never have done it. And he was right. That is what I thought was the answer. But he said, I can't give you that answer because it wouldn't be true. Because knowing how painful the affair was going to be for you would not have prevented me from having an affair. Because when I got wrapped up in my affair, I wasn't thinking about you at all. And that was the problem. It was totally selfish and self-centered in every way. And my affair was all about me. And that was kind of a bittersweet moment. It's bitter because it's hard to know like, wow, knowing how painful it was for me wouldn't have been a deterrent. But it was sweet because when you get an answer that's not necessarily what you want to hear, you know you've got a man or a woman who is telling you the truth. And that's a wonderful thing. And that is really sweet. So we had three months of really facing the issues head on. And then we reached a place where he had answered all my questions about the affair. um, And I couldn't think of anything more. And he was doing all the right things as a husband. And we had both learned a lot from it. So things were a lot better in our marriage, but I was just really still sad and I couldn't shake the sadness. And that lasted about a year and a half for me. And it was at the two-year mark that I made a solid decision to forgive my husband. And my feelings lined up with that decision about six months later. And that's why we say that it took us two and a half years to heal. But once we healed, you know, we looked back on the journey and we thought, what is wrong with the world? This is a really common problem and no one is addressing it head on. And so that's why we decided to add education to our own personal experience. And we actually began working with couples three years later um, from, from our own situation on a volunteer basis. And eventually um, it started to become something that we were paid for. And eventually it became our full-time work as it is today. And we are absolutely passionate about helping couples dealing with any marital infidelity healing. One of the things that I think um, I want you to know about our story that I have left out so far is that if you choose to buy our book or listen to our book, you can read our book in eight hours. But I want to remind you that it took us two and a half years to live through the events that we that you can now read about in eight hours. And during that two and a half years, I didn't know, we didn't know if we were going to heal. And I went through what I call phases. So uh, phase one would be that I would just think, I can't do this. This is too hard. I will never be able to forgive my husband. And he would maybe do a few things wrong, and i think, why am I even with this man? This is ridiculous. And so I'd make up my mind that we were going to get divorced. Um, and then what would happen is I am pretty good at math, and I would do the math. 
And uh, everybody's story, again, is different. But our story is that when I did the math, I figured out that our kids would suffer if we got divorced because of the financial situation, that they would not be able to be in the extracurricular activities like sports and music lessons, and uh, they could pretty much kiss their college educations goodbye. And I was not willing to allow my kids to suffer, our kids to suffer, on behalf of what I saw as the stupidity of grown-ups. And so I'm not proud of this decision. I'm just telling you the truth that I made up my mind that I was going to divorce my husband. That's like, you know, second phase. I'm going to divorce my husband. And I would be faking it in my marriage. And I, the part I'm really not proud of is that I decided I was going to use my husband's money to get my university education to better launch my career so that I would be better in a better place financially when we did get divorced and that we would divorce in my head as soon as the kids were launched. The interesting thing about this is that there was something good that came out of it in one, instead of focusing all of my energy on trying to change my husband and tell him what books to read and tell him what he was doing wrong and tell him what he should be doing and who he should be talking to and all of these things, which don't work. Um, And they only serve to drive the person away. Instead, I started focusing on myself. And it was a kind of, it was a good distraction. It was exciting to go take university courses. And there was an exciting energy about this independence. And that became even more attractive to my husband. And so, and he, he will tell you to this day that he recognized and he said to me, you are growing tremendously as a person and it scares me to death. Why did it scare him? Is he knew in spite of my Christian values that I would so outgrow him that unless he was willing to grow and become a man who could match that, he was going to lose me. So there is a real secret in that. You know, as long as you're trying to change your spouse, you're probably, you know, working against your own goals. When you start to just take responsibility for yourself and be the person you need to be, it changes. I also just might have been a little bit nicer because I wasn't trying to change him anymore. Um, And then he would do many things right, and I would fall in love with him all over again and decide that I wanted to stay. And I repeated those phases several times in the two and a half years that we were um, healing. So you ask, what is our marriage like today? Well, I feel like I have the best of both worlds. We've been married for 42 years, so that's 23 years of monogamy post-affair. I think that's something worth celebrating. And uh, I feel cherished in my marriage every single day. I know my husband adores me, and he definitely puts me as number one in his life. And so I feel like I'm a winner, and he, he feels like he's a winner, Um, The affair is so much a part of the past. I never bring it up anymore. That might sound really strange when we do this work. But when we do this work, you know, after we're done helping you, we can close the door and we enjoy having a normal and very fulfilling life and marriage together and time with our kids and grandkids. There is life on the other side of this. And um, I feel like I have the best of both worlds because you see, Um, We have our history together. He was 22 years old when I married him. And sometimes 
for me. Maybe I'm a bit of a romantic, but if you know the old TV series called Cold Case Files, where they're solving crimes from 30 years ago, and sometimes that 55-year-old person in the show morphs into the 25-year-old version of themselves, they have a different actor or something. For me, I still see that handsome 22-year-old guy and, you know, and I, I, rem- I have all the memories and our kids are our kids and our grandkids are our grandkids. And as much as someone else might care, I feel like we got to have that. But I also have mountaintop experiences with my husband because we are learning and growing as people and we're reinventing ourselves in good ways and and experiencing new adventures together. So we have the fun and the newness too. So we have the best of both worlds. Thank you for listening. This is Brian and Ann Birch signing out. We do seminars, coaching, and private intensives to help you. So we want to hear from you soon. We care about your story. And don't forget to check out our book, My Husband's Affair Became the Best Thing That Ever Happened to Me. Our phone number is 360-306-3367. And again, that website is beyondaffairs.com. All right, stay strong.